It's the Behind the Dish Podcast with John Buck. All right. Paul, how how you doing? I'm doing good, John. Dude, um, you, I, I got Facebook and and then I want I want you to explain I'm gonna explain how we kind of rekindled our our connection as I got Facebook to do an Oculus for my son. Got my son Oculus. And you had to have Facebook or because it's associated with that. And I I got on there and, and all of a sudden ding. I was like, oh, Paul, because my brother's, it popped up. And, uh, all right. And I didn't think of anything of it. And then it ding again. Then he started saying these details. And I'm like, how do I know? How does this guy know these things? This is clubhouse stuff. <laughs> I was just kind of, you know, and then uh, got to talk. And it was funny. Me and my wife were out on a date. And she's like, I feel good about this kid because I get stuff all the time, you know. She goes, I feel good about this kid. I'm like, all right. So he's talking. And then it, I, I put it together who he was. And then it was like, oh, okay. And then started starting text. But um, I, I remember, when's the last time I saw you? New Orleans? Um, back with the New Orleans Zephyrs, AAA team out in Vegas at Casper Field. Yeah, and you were, what role were you doing then? I was the bat boy. That's bat boy. That's right. And where else did I see you? Um, Catherine Field again with the Round Rock Express AAA baseball team. That's right. And so you've you've been right there for a lot of my developmental at bats, which I was at the time I was like, I, I, I would taste myself a little bit here. I was the big prospect with Astros. You were the up and coming guy. Yeah, I was the I was the dude. So you got to see the real John Buck, who was like. No, maybe being a little tantrum, mm-hmm. the <laughs> being young, a baby, the young young yes. buck. So feel free to go ahead and give any of those stories out because you got some smut that a lot of people would probably pay money for. So, <laughs> um, uh, Paul Paul is one of my uh, clubbies and and bat boys and kind of operate and and work the clubhouse and he kind of if without you we we would be. Th- we would be in trouble mm-hmm. as athletes, right? Yeah. A lot of you guys needed me. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And it's funny is is things that would be stressful or like we're talking having uniforms, cleats, having our equipment, being able to operate, like Stuff for my gloves to mm-hmm. condition my gloves yeah, to for your gloves for your shoes my for gear your jerseys. having my gear laid out so it's not moldy and the thoughtfulness of being able to and having your towels out on the benches and the dugouts look at there's a there's a very methodical uh, uh, part to your craft which I, I I know people don't know about yeah goes and, on I, and I used to have to carry you guys' bubble gum buckets out to the dugout yeah, so right. you guys could spit it on the ground and I know aren't we awful and the sunflower seeds that was probably the grossest thing I ever saw as a bat boy yeah, you know what I know with the grosses <clears throat> it was those guys that dip mm-hmm. the guys that dipped in so their the mouths. bubble gum and, and chew whenever they dipped I was like <clears throat> and my dad wrote, and he he fixed that when I was on. He was like, "Oh, you think you want to dip? No, don't spit." And it was like, <laughs> so now whenever a pitcher would like have it in, I'd be like, "Go to the other end of the dugout. I will be down here in my section. You go down there. 
I couldn't stand that stuff. That's oh, I can't stand it either. I can't stand watching guys put it in their mouth, chew it, and watch the watery stuff come out of their mouth, and then they spit it on the when, ground. When, when, when you're the guy that's kind of taking up those areas, that makes you – that's why I said – you know that you know a lot of the the, the crap part, <laughs> the the smut part of of what ball players are, and but also you get to know them a little more intimate side, and also fun side. Um, I got to know you because when we would talk, you like you like trading cards. Yep, and, I love trading baseball cards. And and I remember you would, and I remember you having this interest, so I would just ask you about them, just. As it was our conversation, because when I'd go on deck, I'd ask you about them because it was a, it was a thing to remind me that I got to have more enjoyment. Because mm-hmm, it was like a childhood memory to us. Exactly. So it was like I'd be talking like trading cards with you. Mm-hmm. Like, what's, what card do you have now? What are you eyeballing? What are you looking for? So and you would the, always ask me, you know, the, the statistics on the back of the cards or on yeah. the front of the cards or who was on the front of the card. Yeah. Right. So, what what are uh, what what do you got for us? Oh, I got your John Buck baseball cards. Wow. And did, what did you tell me about your collection? You have a. I have over three million baseball cards and counting, owned by a person, not a business. Wow. And over ninety nine thousand signed baseball cards and counting, owned by a person, not a business. So, do you? How do you? How do you categorize them? I have them all in ABC order and thirty five hundred count boxes in my garage and in my downstairs apartment. Okay. And and how do you? Do you have like a system to be able to keep track of where they're at? Um, no, I just put them in ABC order by last name, okay. and I just put them all in the boxes and and I buy top loaders and I put them all in the top loaders. Okay. Could you go to a card, I'd say just turning know where to go mm-hmm. or whatever player? Which, if I needed to find somebody, I could turn to them like right away. I could find them. Really? You know where it's at? Mm-hmm. What's your most coveted card? Uh, Mark McGuire Huntsville Stars rookie card. I only paid a nickel for it at a card show. What, what is that worth now? It's worth over $200 now. Really? So you, like, that's like your best investment. Yep, that was the best investment I ever made. Dude, what do you got on this card game blowing up? Oh, it's it's blown up because of me. I made it more popular to collect cards again. Little kids are looking up to me, asking me, you know, should they collect? You're you're, a, you're an influencer now. I'm an influencer. Even kids' parents, they text me every day and they say, I want to get my kid started in collecting cards. And I'm like, you know, get him started in collecting cards, put goals in front of him, put dreams in front of him, you know, make him reach... As far as he can reach. I love it. I love it. So what, uh, and you teach all that through cards. And I teach all that through cards. Dude, you're a beast. This is, this is why I gravitated to you. Are these, this isn't just all me, is it? Yep, that's all you. No way. Oh, my goodness. I even got your AAA cards, your New Orleans. Are those all ones. different cards? Mm-hmm. Some are triples, doubles. No way. There's that many cards? Because I used to go to all the card shops, card shows in Vegas, and I would buy boxes of cards, and your cards would come in them. Oh, wow. That's a lot of cards. And mostly they're all tops. Is that a good thing? Because uh, Tops bought up. They bought up. Yeah, uh, it was Don, Don They bought up Dunruss, Fleer, Panini, um, Just, Royal Rookies, all those minor league card companies. Tops bought them all up, and they're the only card company. That's still around to this very day. 
Really? So what do you think that's done to the uh, card market? Do you think um, that's I think it's it kind of hurt the market because Dunruss still makes cards, but they lost their license to, to use the team logos on the jerseys, the, the helmets. All the licensing so they have to blank, So they have to put black tape on all their cards. So it was like it would be like the Wheaties box. So it's like... It's the, one like they, uh, the Wheaties box. Yeah, they it's like a Wheaties box. Have, yeah, they can't have their logo on there. Well, that's silly. Who's, who's going to have a card like that. And Panini, they make cards, but they're that Italian baseball card company out of Italy Yeah, that nobody even knows who they are. Are they, are they good cards? Not really. They're kind of cheap looking So how, how is Topps making these things so expensive now? Because Topps, they just sold their company for a billion dollars because they're going public now. This new company with this, the cards? Mm-hmm. Really? And are they the ones? I feel like baseball cards are like almost like a Form of Bitcoin now. <laughs> yeah, they're more like Bitcoin, right? Did, I mean that that would make you, that means you have a large bank in your basement. Yeah, my collection's worth over five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> so the how the the house around it, mm-hmm. and it has this card collection that could be as worth as much as. Wow. And we're also going to build a shed in the backyard this summer so I could put all my cards Dude, in the shed. Dude, kind of make like a man cave? Like a man cave. Oh, that's going to be dope. You and your dad are going to just hang out there. You know what you need to do? I'm telling you. And Jordan, you can kind of help these guys out. You need to have like a podcast. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about my uh, own. Just and, out there with you and just sit it. Just sit like you and your pops are out there at your barn, mm-hmm. whatever. Sit here and just... Open a pack. I would also like my own reality show where I get paid to travel by motorhome to different stadiums across I'd, the country. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. And then you go to each clubhouse. And I want to write my own book about my own life. Well, get going. You don't need anybody's, you don't need, you don't need anybody's permission for that. But the thing is, I don't know how to go about writing my own. Do you have like an iPad? No. Do you have, like, how about your dad's phone? I only do Facebook on my dad's phone. Okay, well, you have your dad's phone sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So you get your dad's phone, go to, like, notes, mm-hmm. just because I, I, I'm dyslexic, so I can't write. So I'll go press record. Mm-hmm. You can talk into it, start writing your book, say chapter one, and then start talking. You can stop it, say, all right, dad, I'm done, instead of, like, getting on Facebook. I'll try that. Yeah, then you start your book. Boom. Then you just got it in the notes. Jordan taught me that trick. So that's a Jordan trick. Can't take full credit. But I've been really busy this month with interviews. Well, you should. I was on CBS. Well, people want right now. This is hot, dude. Mm -hmm. I was on CBS Morning News last Saturday. Uh They flew to Idaho Falls, Idaho from, was it Utah? I think they drove down from Utah, didn't they? Yeah, they drove from Salt Lake. They drove from Salt Lake down to Idaho Falls, Idaho, five hours of an interview. Oh, right. Just for you. Mm-hmm. And the lady was on the laptop, and they had me talking to her. So dude, that's why I said, you came in town, you kind of told me, I, this was thrown together. I made, I pulled Jordan away from mm-hmm. his family. I said, we got, we got a dude showing up to town. We got a, I, I make scouts and agents wait. You come into town... Move everything. Mm-hmm. And then I was also in the uh, um, 
Jefferson Star newspaper in Rigby, Idaho, as well. Well, I remember that. That was that was the funnest interview I ever did. Why? What made that? Because they they didn't even come to my house. I went to them. I had to go to their newspaper place in Rigby, and I had to give them all the information on me right then and there. And you had it. And it was, but it was good. It was a good interview, and they did a whole spread on me. Yeah, because you showed up prepared. You were like, boom. This is what this is what I want the and world to know. Then in March know. of last year, I was in Sports Collectors Digest magazine for card collectors. Do they do they talk they talk about how you're always Bat Boy and working the clubhouse? Um, they talked about my card collection and me Bat Boying sometimes. Yeah, but it was more about my disability and disorder and me collecting cards. Yeah, Would it, how, do you think that aids to you? Do you think it gives you a plus? Um, sometimes it gets me a plus, and sometimes people don't know what really goes on about the learning disability and disorder. Like, the doctors tell me I might go to sleep one night, not wake back up the next day, yeah. and that my brain could shut off at any time. Yeah. And I tell people, you know, I could die. Yeah. Because you're like, look at me live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at and me. to all those doctors out there that said that I might die, guess what? I lived past birth, so you were wrong. <laughs> right? And I've got a sick card collection worth at least 5K yep. and climbing. Oh, what do we? Oh, there we go. Pulled that. Uh, so, what do, you, what do you want me to do? What are you going to do with all these? I'd like it if you would sign them for me. Oh, yeah, I'll sign these. Susan and I'm also an uncle. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about your. That's my these. brother's daughter out there. She's three years old. Okay. And then there was a two-year-old. And then there's my sister who lives in Philadelphia, has a two-year-old daughter, but now she's pregnant with a soon-to-be little boy. And that's where mom's going. Mm-hmm. And that's where my mom's going. And that's what gave me the opportunity to, to be able to talk to you. Yeah, and that's the reason why I'm here talking to you today. So what, what gig did you land? Because we, um, when we were I going am, back and forth, you, you uh, had a couple opportunities. You had a... Uh, uh, the Bat Boy thing. Yeah, after I left AAA Pacific Coast League, I went to AA to the Portland Sea Dogs out in Portland, Maine. Bat Boy for the New Haven Ravens, AA team for the Seattle Mariners. Okay. And then I went down to the Collegiate Summer League out at Basic High School out in Henderson. Bat Boy for Buck Thomas, who's in oh. prison, prison for inappropriately <laughs> having inappropriate contact with underage children. Uh huh. Okay. Seems a lot of that going around in this world. And it's then I went weird, to right? CSN, Community <laughs> College of Southern Nevada, did two years there. Nice. Went over to UNLV, did two years there. Then the bat went, boy in mm-hmm. UNLV? Then I went over to St. George, Utah, to the Golden Baseball League, which was independent Boom. ball. Yeah. And I did three years there. Oh. And then I went back to CSN from there, and I did another two years. Did you live in the dream? And now I'm bat boying for Billy Butler in the... Idaho Falls, Chuckers, Independent League team this summer. Yeah, we had Billy on the podcast. Billy's a nice guy. He signed 279 baseball cards for me. He's, he, he is a good boy. He's, he's a good little boy. Him and Matt Lindstrom. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt's out there. He did tell me. Him and Tyrone Horney. He live out there? Yep. He's, uh, actually, he's a high school football coach for Idaho Falls High School. Oh. Okay. So are you pretty on? Do you got the wraps on all the high school? Yeah. So I got all the wraps on oh, all. So what kind what's of ball? Kind, okay. What kind of ball players we getting out of there? 
Um, Tyrone says that we're getting some pretty good talent, but he doesn't really take care of the baseball team anymore. He does mainly football. Oh, so you're saying they need a new baseball presence? So they need a new baseball presence there. Step up, Billy. Step up, Billy Butler. Step it up. He's calling you out. I love it. Is, he's doing some hitting stuff, isn't he? It's in um, yes. His indoor batting cage facility is called Idaho Athlete Project, him and Matt Lindstrom. But unfortunately, right now, Matt Lindstrom is going through some family issues, so he okay. had to step away for a little bit. Okay. But, on, on, uh, but isn't he doing – isn't there an independent team or something he's – yeah, he's doing some consulting, or maybe he's with an organization. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's he was consulting with the New York Yankees or the Royals for a while, like and I think he the Yankees are paying him now about thirteen million a year not to play. <laughs> is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, him and Aaron Rowan, who the Giants are paying him a hefty thirteen million to sit at home and do nothing. They're good at that. Hey, well, they're getting paid to do that, and they do really good at it. Yeah, but uh, right now Aaron Rowland is in the, <laughs> hey, the Chicago get, White give, Sox give, Major League team. Give either one of them a uniform right now. I bet you they go out and hit a double. Yeah, I bet you they would go out and hit a home run right now instead of sitting at home collecting that paycheck. Yep. Aaron Rowan won a, a home run derby at the Cooperstown game when I when I retired. Mm-hmm. He won a home I took second. But I know him, Shane Victorino, Josh Towers – Josh Towers is a good old boy. Former Baltimore Orioles pitcher. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Say that again. Do they, he, Josh Towers is a good old boy. Good old boy. <laughs> That's so funny. And Bryce Harper, special shout out to Bryce Harper, the Philadelphia Phillies. Oof. You know, I know you're struggling right now and you're being paid $330 million a year, but come on, bro. More right. home runs, please. We need to see you on that ESPN every day. That's all we ask. That's all we want. Because every day we need you hitting a homer. And Chris Conner, come back to the United States. Stop playing in Mexico, playing in Mexican League Baseball for Montcovia. Why, though? That's good baseball down there. Yeah, but you're not, you don't, it's not safe down there. You, it is not. It, you know, like, it's, yeah. With all the drug cartel stuff going on down there and murders <laughs> happening, the American players are not safe going over to Mexico right now. It is a little different than I think when they. When they signed up for that, I do. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they. Because they're that told was not to wear jewelry, <laughs> not to flash cash down there. Well, that's that's because the cops. That's, yeah, because if you if you flash cash down there or if you wear jewelry, the cops are they will take your stuff and not give it back to you. <laughs> See, this is stuff a clubby's got to know. Just keep the players safe, right? Mm-hmm. Let's keep the players safe down yeah. there in Mexico, right? So what what. Uh, what do you like about baseball? What gravitated? How did you get the love of baseball? Um, obviously, if you're going to work in a clubhouse. and What got me started was Tim Flannery, the old Stars coach, saw me at a Stars game. Uh-huh. And I was just standing at the railing with a pack of cards in my hand. And he saw that I couldn't talk at that time because I had my tonsils and adenoids in. Okay. So I would just point and make noises. Uh-huh. So he saw that there was something mentally not right with me. Uh-huh. So he stops and asks me. Do you want me to sign your card? So I just shook my hand and I went, yeah. Yeah. And then he looked down at the other cards and he saw that the other cards weren't signed by the players. And he says, would you like me to take you into the locker room? So my dad hands me over the railing to him and has me go into the locker room with him. And next thing you know, I get all my cards signed and I come back out and went from one pack to three million. You were like, I feel comfortable in there. I I felt really comfortable in the locker room. Yeah. So, which, which, like I said, 
you made it feel comfortable when we were as players. Like you made like because I tried to take I tried to take away that stress. You guys were going at home at home with your wives, your kids, you know, your family members, your friends, people that were stressing you guys out. I wanted to take all that stress away. Oh. We're supposed to choke me up, I, I, bro. I want to take stress away from me. Mm-hmm. I cut. <laughs> I think uh, that's what you did for me. And you know, at that time, he befriended like everybody. Yeah. He didn't, because of his disability, he didn't realize like when people would jerk him around, yeah. he would, or if you would laugh at him, he would laugh too because he would thinking that you're yeah. joking. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, especially, like, yeah. after the game, yeah. you know, trying to get autographs. Yeah. And the other collectors were, like, pissed at him all the time because he'd show up with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I got this many of this guy. Yeah. And yeah. they would be, like, going to the store, buying them, yeah. looking for, like, you. And he wouldn't. We yeah. would just buy a box. And yeah. whatever we got, we got. Yeah, and I, I just, I remember <laughs> his infectiousness of just, joy and it was for him to say that and how I remember him I'm like oh yeah he was always happy go lucky as a kid even today you know if I buy him a pack of cards he's happy if I buy him a box of cards he's happy you know I used to refer to because we have two other children that are older than him one boy one girl and I used to say if I buy a pack of gum and I give them each a pack of gum a stick the other two are going to say, where's my pack? Paulie is just happy to get the stick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or we would fight over kids' meals from McDonald's. My sister and brother would be like, why can't we have quarter pounders or, you know. Yeah, that would be another thing that we do, you know. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I'm just happy with a kid's cheeseburger meal. Yeah, yeah he still Give me a, eats them. Yeah, right? You know? <laughs> that's, and we save the toys. Like, I got a thousand so, so, so like So you like trinkets? Like collecting, I like I like collecting baseball cards, bats, jerseys, helmets, anything. Well, you got that has you got a, baseball. Yeah, well, you got a lot of access. How do you how do you like um, how do you, how do you like project seeing what a good player will be? Do you see those? Do you have your mm-hmm. theory? Of, I can tell okay. when I see a good player. Okay, if how? you're hitting home runs or if you're hitting them triples and you're running your butts off across the bases. I know you're a good player. So that's, if you're that's if you're if you're dragging behind and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, then you're so not you going to be a you good can, player. Yeah, so you can have, you can still hit the home runs and do that, but dragging. So mm-hmm. you're saying that's the secret sauce. Yeah, that's the secret sauce. Because because you can see how they way they conduct mm-hmm. themselves, how they and the treat way they act, people, and the way they act on and off the field. If you're acting, if you treat people with respect and kindness, and you're nice. You're you're gonna you're gonna get up to that. Major league level. If you're a guy that has no respect for the fans, treats people like crap, then you're just going to end up just a, a journeyman, a guy that just ain't going to make. So, what, so what do you what do you think that is? 
Because I know what you're talking about. Do you think that's just a that's a character thing, right? It's just a character. Because you're gonna you in the big league, you will get beat down. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have anybody, like, dude, it's okay. Shake yourself off here. Sure, dick. Yeah. No one's gonna do that. Nobody's gonna want to be around you. We'll get a new one that's fun to be around. And and so I think I think there's something to that. And and that's you get to see that develop out because that's when people aren't looking. Yeah. How, it's like how are they treating literally you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who who are those players that? Heck, you gave a shout out to Harper. Did you ever do you work with Harper? Um, I used to hang out with Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant, Ryan Pineda, Shane Victorino, all those guys. Who who is who's your guy? That's just your dude. My dude, Bryce Harper. That's my dude. That's your dude. You live and die by Bryce. So that's why we just need him to hit a home run mm-hmm. every day. And the fine Hawaiian, Shane Victorino. He's a good. He's a good dude. Who he? owns uh, the Shane Victorino Foundation? Who, who I used to go to Christmas parties with every Christmas. I bet you those were fun. Those were some fun parties. I'm, he knows. He knows how to throw a good luau, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. And I used to hang out with guys like Chris Sheff, Kevin Higgins, those type guys. Yeah. Those guys are those guys are fun guys to be around. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, how how do you do? You stay in touch with? Any um, of them I try now? to stay in touch with some of my Vegas guys, but a lot of them are in the major leagues, like Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant, yeah, pretty busy Eric right Fetty, who's with the Nationals. Special shout out to Eric Fetty, the pitcher. Come on, bro. You were injured last year. Yeah. Know? Let's get let's get back on that major league roster at the Nationals and let's get that shoulder. Do you think fixed. it's a, do you think it's a, a health thing? I think it's I think the the team used him too much, like they've been using Strasburg. You know, he would take it every If the pitching coach time, would stop but... making them pitch every two days uh. and stop making them pitch nine innings every two days, they wouldn't have t- that shoulder there wouldn't be getting thrown out. They wouldn't be getting as hurt as much. Yeah. So you've seen you've seen how guys are used. Would you see guys used more in the, in the minor leagues? Oh, I see catchers being used more in the minor leagues, and they're ending up with bad knees, bad hips. Uh, you know, I see hitters complaining about their ankles hurting a lot more. Yeah. Because they're being overused. The coaches are overusing them and not giving the minor league guys that are being brought up from AAA playing time, and they're forcing the major league guys that are veterans that have been in the business for a long time to play more and more, and then they get injured. You think that's what happened to Perez? And that's what's happening to all these guys. Yeah. Well, that's, it's definitely changing. I think going to more college – Having more college kids, I think, and now with the minor leagues being messed up as it is, that's with all these teams that, yeah. being limited, like Vermont, the Tri City Valley Cats, you know, all these teams that are the Lancaster Jethawks that are no longer around. What's your favorite park that's not around anymore? Lancaster. Lancaster, probably mine too. That's a good spot. Because you know now, they, now they don't know what to do with that stadium because they still got four more years on their stadium lease. Yeah. And now the city's like in limbo, going. What do we? What do we do, do with the stadium? Or do we? Give it to the high school team, or do we just tear it down? There's a lot of that up in that area, then. Huh? Mm-hmm. And then the other team, the Tri City Valley Cats, up in New York, they're close to like Rochester, Binghamton, Syracuse, all those stadiums. Yeah. And now they're in the Atlantic League and in the Independent League, and it's league. it's like it doesn't make any sense. Well, I think it's because Major League Baseball is. And Staten Island, Staten Island was another one. They're close to their Major League team stadium in New York City. 
and now and now you get rid of your single A affiliate. That don't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what it's the end game is. I guess it'll be. And then Vermont was another one, the Lake Monsters. Now they're independent. Yeah. It didn't make any sense for Oakland to get rid of their single A New York Penn League team. Yeah, it does. that's this, dude. That's money. They have less teams, and now more colleges. They'll mm-hmm. just pick from the colleges. That's what they'll do. But now a lot of those ki- college kids won't make it to the minors because they'll go straight to the independent leagues, and they'll be done. Not, they didn't have to pay for them. And they didn't have to pay for them. And they're not in Auburn, New York, paying for and didn't them. have to bring them to spring training. Didn't have to, right. you know, give them a jersey to put on. Didn't have to pay for their hotel rooms. What's your, what, what do you think the favorite – where's your favorite minor league city now? My favorite minor league city? I would have to say Portland, Maine, the Sea Dogs. Oh, really? Because they have that big, giant Sea yeah. Dog statue outside their that's, stadium. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a cool stadium, too, where it sits kind of down in the – or the uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats in New Hampshire. Oh, really? In Manchester, because they, they got that card shop called Baseball Card Heaven. Oh, that's right yeah, down the that's street. Right. That's right. I've been there a couple times. I met the husband and wife couple. Special shout out to them. Thank you for letting me come into your card shop those couple times for buying baseball cards. So they're, they're a celebrity, dude. Why would they not? And a special shout out to my friends who own Future Stars of Wrestling out in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jake the Snake Roberts, D'Lo Brown, Kazarni known as Sin Bodhi, Kenny King from Ring of Honor Wrestling. Those guys, you guys are like brothers, uncles to me. I love it. Dude, you, you're, you're meant, you need to have a podcast. You know that? Mm-hmm. And a special shout-out to the new WWE Hall of Famer, Rob Van Dam, who Ooh. lives in Vegas. And who's, Ooh, how about that name? And who is like an uncle to me. Oh, Really? Wow. Yes. And, and a special shout-out to Brett the Hitman Hart. Because let me tell you my story about Brett the Hitman Hart. I was at an autograph signing at the Gallery Mall. He's watching the Canadian versus Team USA hockey game on a mini black-and-white screen TV. And there's nobody in line. It's just me and my dad. And I'm asking him for his autograph, right? He says, he says to me, sit down next to me. Sits me down, and he's teaching me everything about the wrestling business. Is he, is he, to, the, is he the, who's the best wrestler of all time? The best wrestler? I'd have to say The Godfather. Oh, really? Why? Because The Godfather and I are best friends, and he used to invite me to uh, Cheetah's Gentleman's Club off of Industrial in Las Vegas. Oh, really? But now he works at Sapphire's. Really? See, look at, look at it. You're infectious. Look at all these people you've impacted. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> And a special shout to uh, and a special shout out to uh, Disco Inferno, who also works at Sapphire's Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> you're, you're brilliant. You know that? Because I grew up in the WCW ECW era. Yeah, yeah. How much radio did you listen to? Oh, I listened to a lot, and I still got the old VHS tapes from the wrestling days yeah. from ECW in the Bingo Hall in Philadelphia. Of Rob Van Dam, so when you were dr- when you were dreaming this, you didn't think you, you didn't visualize being Ultimate Warrior run up, bang! You were over in the booth just playing it out, huh? playing it out, yeah. Having Ultimate Warrior just bam, 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 playing. And it Brett out. the Hitman Hart, and my, I idolized guys like Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, Taz, Rob Van Dam. I loved the Bingo Hall days in Philadelphia. Remember, I, I like the I like the Bushwhackers. Remember that? Oh, the Bushwhackers, the guys that do this. They'd walk around the ring just. Or Razor Ramon, known as Scott Hall yeah. of the NWO Outsiders. <laughs> I love it. 
Because he hangs out with my boy, Jake the Snake Roberts, out in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, at Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page's Sober House. What's that? Where, um, Diamond Dallas Page had the show called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, uh-huh. where he would rescue Jake's, you know, because Jake was high on drugs and alcohol, and he was about to die, and Jake, Diamond Dallas call, or Page called him up and said, hey, I'm going to bring you to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm going to get you clean and sober. You're going to live in my house with me. Uh-huh. I'm going to cook food for you. We're going to do yoga. You know, you're going to get back in shape, and you're going to get back in the wrestling business. And that's what happened. Jake the Snake Roberts is now 55 or 56 years old, back in the wrestling business because of Diamond mm. Dallas Page, and so is Scott Hall. Cool. So those two guys, you owe Diamond Dallas Page your lives for rescuing both of you because you two were almost dead. Yeah, that's cool to have good friends like that, right? Call you out when you need to. Mm-hmm. And even Daryl Strawberry, he owns a drug rehab facility down in Florida. Yeah. He told me if I ever get addicted to drugs or alcohol or anything, call okay, him up. He's got a free pass. you got a lifetime pass. <laughs> Where did you have Daryl? Uh, I met him at uh, the Art of Music store at Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino in Vegas. Oh, really? At an autograph signing. He would see, uh, he was the, uh, speaking of cards. That he tried to help. Uh, that was a card He tried to help to Dwight Gooden get off crack. I remember. New York. And he said to me one time, he went to Dwight's house because Dwight missed an autograph signing with him mm-hmm. at a match reunion signing in New York. He went to Dwight's house. He was held up in the house for five days doing on a crack binge. <laughs> and Daryl said he had to kick Dwight's back door in, drag him out of the house, and take him to the autograph signing. No way. It, uh, there's a few stories about that, those, those two like that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what makes those Mets... They so crazy when they did what they did. Yeah, the 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 opiates and Jeez. the greenies and the alcohol and sleeping around with the unprotected women. Right. Those days were horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think def, definitely cleaning up the game. There's been a lot of good things. Oh, I don't think the game's ever going to get cleaned up. Not with, oh, all, no, these, no, not no. with all these minor league you know, guys. You know what I had? Um, not with all these minor league guys showing up to the spring training and they're all popping positive for steroids every year. Yeah, I had uh, that, you know, Tony Bosch. Mm-hmm. He came on my podcast. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, Mr. I injected Alex Rodriguez and lied about it in a court of law? <laughs> yeah, that guy. It was weird because I asked him. I was like, because there's a part in that little documentary mm-hmm. that's a Royals catcher. And I was like, so that, that's me mm-hmm. that you're bragging about beating the system cheating. Mm-hmm. And that catcher, that actually me. And he kind of chuckled uncomfortably, like, oh, "I know yeah, you never. Yeah. I know you never did steroids. Because no. when I was around you, you never took no. not one thing. No. So him, Anthony Bosch, Miami, Florida. The guy's a liar. The guy, <laughs> the guy was paid off by the court system and the lawyers and the police just to lie on the stand. The guy can't be believed. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about that." There's a lot of people that feel that way. Because he implemented a lot of my friends. You know, he he gone around accusing. Well, see, that's kind of what I asked him. I kind of was like, dude, you got to know some of the people that are real good people, you know. And then you kind of, you were encouraging them to kind of do this. Mm -hmm. So you can make them perform, enticing it. Don't worry, you won't get caught. But Uh, he was doing it illegally. He didn't have no license to be doing it. Yeah. He was using his father's whether name. He had a, and whether, whether he had a license or not a license, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. That's but he was using, he wasn't. People he, like to throw But he was using his father's license. But his father's license was suspended. 
Yeah. Either way, you're helping cheaters cheat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how. And I helping them get away with it. Yeah, and I and I happen to be one of the catchers that, un- unfortunately, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was. I was in a weird time when I came through. I was, I was naive, maybe coming from Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, and then having uncles that were just like. Don't do this. You're big enough. You're do it. You know, do it the right way. You can last longer. And I just, I was lucky. I was. I've always had positive influences in my life telling me, "Don't do drugs. Don't drink. Don't smoke. You know, don't, don't do any of that stuff. Stay sober. Stay clean." Do you think um, having a healthy lifestyle? What's your What's your diet habits? What do What do you? Um, I eat a lot of junk food and drink a lot of soda pop. Oh, okay. But I'm trying to I'm trying to stop it. Dude, we're made out of water. I just had. Do you, do you ever have Joe Bimel? Um, no, I drank those uh, Zip Fizz energy drinks from Costco. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. We need water. Or the Crystal Light need, energy drinks from Costco. We need water, water. But I put them in my water every day. I know. Try to mix in just water. <laughs> just try to have water. You're like, no, no chance. <laughs> Play for the time. I buy the True Moon milk. Oh, Every day, a, yeah, okay, a little protein. Because that's a lot. Because Idaho is known for True Moon milk. That's yeah, their good. number it's one delicious. seller. Yeah. Mitzi Dulon, our our, our uh, shout out, Mitzi. She would always say, "Just get that hot, just get that uh, chocolate milk, John." Come in from the. I get the salad. strawberry and the chocolate. Yeah, it's delicious. But uh, so you're. Uh, you guys fly down? Is this kind of your airport, Salt Lake? Um, my mom's actually flying out tomorrow to Philadelphia to see my sister. All right. Have you guys been to the airport yet? Uh, nope. Not until tomorrow morning. It's pretty nice. We've been to that airport a bunch of times here in Salt Lake. It's not as nice as it. Well, people are complaining about the walk. Yeah, it is. Tell her to make it's... sure she wears her walking shoes. She's got <laughs> wear the walking shoes because it's a it's a it's a hike. And then my brother, he lives down in Reno, Nevada. Okay. So we go down there and revisit him all the time. I, I had a baseball tournament in Reno. I was 13, 12, 13. Yeah, but I, I remember we had a host family that lived out in the sticks in Reno. <laughs> and then my dad's family members, they all live out in Vegas. Okay. So we try to go back to Vegas every once in a while to visit. That's always a fun place. To, when you live in Vegas, so you don't... We spent 22 years there in Vegas. Then you, do you guys go to the Strip very often? You don't, no. when we you try to there, stay. You don't, we try you know. to stay away from the strip. Yeah, it's just tourist, blah, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's your uh, what's your favorite? What what city do you think could be a major league city? Major league city? Um, I think Portland, Oregon, could be a major league city. What about Salt Lake? No, I don't think Salt Lake could Why? be a major league Why? city. Why? It's more of a minor league town. Why? Because it's small, it's, you know... It's getting big with all this from California. Yeah, but it's small. It's it's a small town team. You know, I don't think a major league team... I could, think Portland's smaller than Salt Lake. No, Portland, Oregon, that's huge now. <laughs> it is. It's uh, They have a lot of people. But I don't think Montreal should become a, a team at all. Montreal would have to borrow more money again from Major League Baseball like they did last time. Yeah, I think Utah could. I think St. George could if they would actually put the money in and actually build a stadium. Well, there's less people in St. George than there is here. Yeah, but stop playing in that college stadium because, you know, really, if you play in that college stadium, you're not going to be allowed to make cards. You're not going to be allowed to sell beer. You're not going to be allowed to sell merchandise. 
you need your own stadium so you can sell merchandise, sell beer, sell whatever you want. Well, if if they, I mean, if they have a major league team, they'd probably get a stadium mm-hmm. wherever, wherever city, whether it's Portland. I think Vegas, Vegas, Vegas they keep whatever. talking about build, knocking down the Rio Hotel and Casino and building a major league stadium on that property, but I don't, I don't see that happening for another five to ten years. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We know that there'll be some sort of expansion sooner. And I tried to get a job with the fifty ones. Triple A team for the Mets out in Vegas. That's a cool hat, isn't it? No. You don't like that hat? No. Why? It's an ugly mascot. Why? I think it's Because awesome. it's a guy in a space in a space outfit. I didn't know it's a guy. Because I saw him on TV one time. Oh. He was all dressed up in a space that's outfit. Pretty, that's pretty good evidence. You're right. That's pretty good evidence. Um, so your, your dad's military. Do you... Do you um, yeah, my dad was in the Navy for 21 years. He was a rescue swimmer who would jump out of the helicopters and rescue people who were alive and dead. Really? But he ended up breaking his back. He has 13 pieces of metal in his back. Yeah, because he jumped out at helicopters, bro. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're, we're not meant to do that. Yep. <laughs> Someone forgot to tell him. And then he's got nerve damage in his neck. He's got nerve damage in both legs. He has to walk with a cane every day. Yeah, see, that's what, and, and people are worried about catchers. And he has post, post-trauma stress disorder, P- PTSD, PTSD, yeah. Because he saw dead bodies when he was 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff's real. And he goes and sees a shrink every month and basically tells him, hey, I have nightmares and I still see the, the faces of the guys that died in front of me. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. I think the veterans deserve... Better treatment from the VA. I think the VA treats their veterans like crap. Yeah, I agree. It, it, we, I have a friend, uh, Vincent Vargas, who, uh, who I'm, I'm doing some stuff with uh, veteran stuff that I think we're kind of uh, hitting for healing or mm-hmm. healing with hitting. Vincent's kind of the guy heading it up. He's an actor that uh, you, you're I'll introduce you to him. He's a good person. That probably I'd love to introduce your father. But uh, yeah, we're doing some stuff on teaching how to heal mm-hmm. through hitting. That same process. Like you prepare, you have an in-game experience, and then you have a post-game. Like what we were talking about, you just learned how to perform and how to learn how to control those thought processes, just like an at-bat. Because in baseball, you're gonna suck. And in baseball, you suck a lot. And learning how to fail, learning how to deal with that, and learning how to have a thought process to aid with that when it gets hectic sometimes, and doing it creatively. Th- mm-hmm. like You're trying to help bad. people. Yeah. So we thought it, it's, a, it's a way that we can relate, and, and it's kind of it's Vincent putting together what he's gone through as a, as, as veteran and saying, hey, these that's what the we need. We part need, of this brain. We is, need veterans uh, helping veterans. Yeah, we definitely do. And so, if I can aid in a way through baseball uh, with with him, that's kind of a project we'll do. We'll have to do something. Maybe we'll come up your way because I know Billy and mm-hmm. we'll be coming up that way. So we'll have to we'll get something. Like and that. hopefully, I'll see you at some of my games this summer. Yeah, hopefully, we, I can get up there. I'm, I know that I've been trying to track down Billy. He's so he's a busy man. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'll be coming up here this summer to Ogden to play against the Ogden Raptors. So oh. if you come out to Ogden, you can catch one of my games in Ogden. Okay. So you're going to, oh, oh, when you come in to visit? Mm-hmm. You'll be with the team, right? And then we go up to Grand Junction, Colorado. We go up to Colorado Springs. Is that season going right now? 
No, not until May the 22nd. That's our first home game of the season. But our spring training starts May 15th. So any players that want to be in the Pioneer League that are no longer the minors or in the major leagues that got hurt and you want you want to get a chance to play and be back as a name, come on down to Idaho Falls, and we will have a place on our roster for you. There you go. Really? I bet you there's some, some players that would want to have that information. Um yeah, it's a weird ecosystem with players now. Mm-hmm. The a players lot of the players not, not are not having jobs. A lot not, of players getting hurt, not having jobs. It's really weird. So if you if you want you, to get your way back, Idaho Falls, Idaho is your way back. Oh, you think that's the spot? Mm-hmm, I know. I know it'd be the best kept clubhouse. I know that much. Yep, it'll be the cleanest locker room, dugout, clubhouse. <laughs> I know that. I know it will be the best atmosphere to hang out. Yep, in. it'll be the most positive atmosphere. What's, how has the clubhouse changed? Where it's aided, have, has it aided you? Um, yeah, because the funding and how they they're going to pay the the minor league players more. That's mm-hmm. one of the things. So that's obviously why they reduced them. But the now quality. the independent level, now that we're no longer affiliated with the Royals major league team anymore, everything comes out of the team's own pocket. So that means travel expenses, hotels, right. you know, cars, team buses. Everything comes out of the team's own pocket. Oh, really. So, how does that age you in the clubhouse? They pay, they pay you guys, Yeah, they right? pay me. They're going to be paying me minimum wage. So, that screws you. But I'm, but I'm, all, I'm already on Social Security disability income, so. Yeah. Yeah, but if, if, if you're thinking how clubbies work, and your guys is, oops, in, in clubby world, you guys made on what we would grease you mm-hmm. because you would take me noticing that extra Whatever you bring to the table, yep. you made me, you emotionally moved me, mm-hmm. right? Because I took all that stress out of your life. Dude, you I made, took all those people. Made me want to be there. I took all day. those negative people that were in your life yep. and I knocked them out of your life and brought me in the moment. Positive energy. In back the moment, to you. yeah. In the moment. On deck before I went on deck. <laughs> it was. And then all those negative people that wanted your autograph or wanted, you know, that five minutes with you after the game? No. You weren't allowed, if you weren't a player, and if you weren't a family member of a player, you didn't belong in a locker room. You belonged outside in the you, parking lot. You ran lot. a tight ship. We, we were taken care of. When I was well. with the Stars, plenty of the Stars players' wives, they would offer me money to let them come in the locker room and have sex with their husbands in the locker room. And I told them no. <laughs> like, like, not, if I do that, it's going to start a whole weird I would, thing. I would, have lost, <laughs> I would have been fired. I would have lost my job. And I would have been unemployed. That's, well, that's, that's why... That's why that's why you're thought of. Talk about Bakersfield. Huh? Talk about Bakersfield. Yeah. Oh, Bakersfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I was a bat boy for the Bakersfield Blaze. Okay. Out in Bakersfield, California, in the California League. And the Modesto Nuts, single A team, out in Bakersfield, California. Okay. And that was that was the best fun I ever had in Bakersfield, California. Why is that? Because the, the manager, uh, Eddie Manchaka of the Bakersfield Blaze, took me in his locker room and had all of his players come into his office and sign all my cards for me. That's awesome. So he hooked it up. And I kept that dugout clean. Immaculate. Immaculate. Oh, I, bet, I bet you did. Talk about the stadium. Oh, the stadium. It, it's like an old racetrack from 1941. And they, like, renovated it? And they renovated it. But they turned the lights yeah. The owner that owned the racetrack refused to move the lights. So whoever, the team that bought the stadium had to move the lights on their own. Oh, so, wow. And then their games didn't start until after 8 o'clock at night. Because during batting practice at 5, 
because the sun, they have an outfield, they have a wall in the outfield, and he had to wait for the sun to go go down down. behind (laughs) the outfield wall, and you would see the players going, swing, miss, swing, miss, during batting practice, because the sun was directly right in their eyes. There was a couple parks like that. I remember Little Rock being all... Oh, I've never been there. Yeah. We had a T-Rex fence. (laughs) It was like, we had had one, um, they had this thing that you walked out of the from walking out of this little dungeon of a clubhouse, right? And it was like, it was a rink, a ring, a wrestling ring, mm-hmm. and a giant sign across it said, Midget Wrestling. And these little guys are just running around. Ding, ding, these little guys are just boom, boom. And then one snaps right in front of our dugout. Snaps, and he comes tumbling Head over heel, just right in front of us, and we just lost it, right? And then this little guy was trying to fight everybody, and it was like the most wild thing. I'm like, where am I right now? Little Rock, Arkansas. I went to a midget wrestling event out in Las Vegas, Nevada, and, oh, let, and was... let me tell you, there was a mini Scott Steiner pop a pump, <laughs> and he came out wearing the thing on his head and the pipe yeah. in his hands. And he was hitting people with trash cans, throwing other midgets in the cans, and hitting them with the pipe. And, yeah. and then another guy was a little midget. Anyway, it's, um, when we say it's little person, they they called yeah, it. Little they called, person. They called it, but just so that we're politically correct. But and one of the guys was a uh, stripper from Chippendales. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was like bumping and grinding on all the women. And, yeah. And the dudes were like looking at him like. What is going on? What is going on here? (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. But how I got started in the wrestling business, I met uh, Buffalo Jim. Buffalo Jim. Who used to own an auto body mechanic shop over by Crazy Horse 2, Gentleman's Club off at Industrial. And he had Buffalo Wrestling Federation. And he would bring guys like Yokozuna, guys like Bret Hart, all the old timers in. Unfortunately, he was murdered by somebody at the gentleman's club because he wouldn't sell his auto body mechanic shop that was next door. And they got mad at him and bullet to the head and That's the end of that. End of that negotiation. And, of course, the wrestling school was, BWF was gone. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to, because I have lessons, and I'm going to have to get through all these, and I want to get through these before you go. Um, what, do you, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. And a special shout out to a special lady friend of mine who taught me at New Horizons Academy Private School, Joanne Danden, my teacher, my science teacher, who I'm best friends with on Facebook. Special shout out to her. Oh, for sure, Joanne. I wish her and her family all the best, and I hope she recovers from all of her injuries. And I wish her nothing but good days and good health. That's, that's awesome. Uh, She's obviously got to be an awesome woman if you're going to. She's been my number one supporter, my number one fan, the one person that kept, you know, had my back ever since I left the private school. Okay, I want to meet this person. So she's got to be special, right? I I have some people, too, I got to introduce you to. I have a young lady that I I met from uh, Miami that she's running for Miss Utah. Oh, Miss Utah. Yeah. You know who I'm best friends with? Who? Jose Canseco. Who are you? Jose and his brother, Ozzy. So he's got big arms. Mm-hmm. I used to bat boy for them at Field of Dreams in downtown Vegas. Oh, okay. In softball. I've been there. 
<laughs> you did? Mm-hmm. I bet you that was And fun. I'm also best friends with Flav or Flav from Public Liv- Enemy to Band. Yeah. Flav- What's up, Flav? Flav or Flav? Flav or Flav? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll see if I can get Jordan. Jordan's out here playing with his girls, but I want to get to these cards before you go. So I'm going to let you go so I, before I go to my lessons. And a special shout-out to Hooters Restaurant on South Rainbow in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Twin Peaks. Those are my two favorite restaurants in Las Vegas. I wonder why. <laughs> that's that's a perfect ad for you. <laughs> that's what that would be your like if you had a Joe Rogan ad. Well, you know wherever you, there's a baseball park. The what? Wherever there's a baseball park, there's usually a Hooters restaurant. There is, and so it's because it's it's, they want wings and a game. Well, we usually when we travel around the country, it's, we go to Hooters. and they and they have TVs and they have wings. You know and where you're getting. And it's special, hard to screw up wings. And a special shout out to Idaho Athlete Project, Billy Butler's indoor batting cage facility down in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Anyone that wants to take hitting lessons from Billy Butler, come on down. We'll teach you, and we'll teach you how to hit and how to pitch, and we'll teach you how to show respect to the game of baseball. Boom, dude. I'm, Billy needs to pay you for this. Yeah, because I feel like that was like professionally done. And if you also want to learn hitting, take a hitting lesson from John Buck. Boom! All right, your clubhouse. If your big league clubhouse needs to be tightened up, and any major league team, any major league team that wants a bat boy with 22 years of bat boying experience, I'm available. Please reach me at Facebook under Paul Jones. Boom! He's he's or give my debt or email or email my debt at U B E E Barry Jones at gmail.com or call me at 208-760-0745 and I'll return your message as soon as I can. Phillies, because we need to get Bryce Harper right. Let him know. Holla at your boy, bat boy. Right. Chris Bryant, Bryce Harper, any Eric Fetty of the Nationals, you guys want me to come bat boy up in your teams? Holler at me. Holla at your boy. <laughs> All right.